0: now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99.
1: Plus, earn double O-rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment. On sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies, See store for details.
0: Oh, 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 O'Reilly.
2: Blog Talk Radio.
3: Hey guys, welcome back. It's been a while. The FinCider Podcast is back on the air finally. Uh, Got a lot to cover. We've missed the last two weeks of uh, everything. So, lots of Dolphins news to cover out there. Um, Get going. Let's go ahead and remind you how to get a hold of us. You can call into the show at 347-326-9461. You can tweet to us during the show. Just use the hashtag pound Remember, Finsider is PH. Uh, we have a chat room up if you go over to Blog Talk Radio, and you can always take part in the thread on the site. We'll be monitoring that throughout the show also. Uh, may as well get going as fast as we can, so let's go ahead and welcome in Texas CowPunk, James. So let's go ahead and get our uh, producer in on the show. Hello. Hi, James. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
3: I'm doing well. And as you already know, James, but our uh, listeners don't know yet, Keith has been busy lately. That's why you have not been seeing him post on the uh, front page as often. And while he's dealing with the stuff going on in his actual normal working uh, job, he's not going to be able to take part in our podcast as regularly. But luckily, we have a ton of talent on the site, so we do have somebody ready to come in and make the show even better. So with that,
4: let's go ahead and bring in the Duke. Hello. (laughs) Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm good. I'm loving the sound effects.
3: I'm having fun tonight. I had two weeks of not doing the show. I figured out sound effects and adding stuff and getting things going. I got I got trumpets for you calling in. I've got
4: applause. I've got all kinds of stuff to play with now. That might be the only time in my life that trumpets will ever play for me. So I appreciate it. (laughs) It works out so perfectly too.
3: But, um, Guys, go ahead and start calling in Obviously we have a lot of topics to cover But you guys are what makes the uh, show fun And makes it keep moving So please go ahead and start calling in But Chris, James, we may as well uh, talk the biggest news Out of everything that happened during our three-week hiatus And um, hit hard knocks so apparently the Dolphins are going to be the team this year. The yep. HBO and NFL Films are going to send out a 24-man detail to follow us around throughout training camp, and I think it's a great thing. I think it actually does give us a chance as fans to see inside the team that has been a stone wall for so long. Sorry, I'm reading at the same time. so no, you're fine. I gotta get I gotta get back into the habit. I'm working on it. <laughs> but what do you guys think? What are you guys
4: looking forward to seeing on uh, Hard Knocks? I'm looking forward just to actually watching how they practice and and even though some of the some of the players, uh, you know, this is kind of a you know we've only got a handful of stars on the team. Um, and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting some of the unsung guys that uh, that probably don't get a lot of national attention.
2: Yeah,
3: but so I, I think I think that point, and then the fact that it gives us a chance to see our rookies before they are out on the field, we get to know our rookies a little bit better. So I think
1: that's a great point, a great use of hard knocks. I, for one, was not a big fan of it, but I will also watch every episode, so <laughs> there's, there's there's that.
3: Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see people not liking it, um, but I think that it's exactly that. People are going to complain and say that, oh, my God, it's going to distract the team. We're not going to get everything out of it, and then they're going to tune in
1: anyway. Yeah, I mean, I don't like so, the concept of it, but I'm going to watch it because it's my team. But at the same time, I'm going to watch it with a large amount of skepticism, knowing that it's it's all, you know, they're going to play up to the camera. They're going to it's going to be edited to be as entertaining as possible. It's not going to be, you know, if it was more done in a documentary fashion, that's one thing. But that's not how they shoot these things. This is, uh, you know, it's entertainment. And so that's how it's going to be edited and cut up and presented. So they're going to right. look for the little stories of drama that you know, to me are probably not really that important, and highlight things like that.
3: I think uh, kind of... never... I think the drama we're going to see is obviously Ocho Cinco. So there's the first oh, yeah. time I've said his name in Spanish, or said two numbers in Spanish. But we'll uh, we'll get to that in a minute. You'll see him a lot, but I think you're going to see a lot of the Matt Moore, Ryan Tannehill, David Garrard battle. And what I want to see is everybody automatically assumed that uh, Lauren Tannehill was going to be a big part of this, simply because people want to see Lauren Tannehill. She's eye candy, and she exploded Twitter when she was on at the draft, and all that kind of stuff. But since then, she's deleted her Twitter account. Huh? So she she's not on Twitter anymore. So the interesting thing is, is she trying to back away from the ridiculousness of some fans? Because you know she was getting all kinds of people saying all kinds of stupid stuff
1: yeah after a while, I'm sure it gets old being on the other end of it yep so
4: we'll
3: have to see how uh how that plays out. Because I know there are a lot of people who that's what they wanna see is Lauren tannehill
1: <laughs> <laughs> well well sure it should uh it should be fun it's um
3: very quiet in the chat room, in the Twitter, in the thread, on the phone lines. Anybody want everyone's to watch the heat? Yeah, probably.
1: But I think I think everyone's on vacation this week.
3: <laughs> People need to call us. <laughs>
4: one thing about the uh, hard knocks that uh, I've never actually watched the show on HBO before and on the NFL network they've been showing a repeat when the Dallas Cowboys did it and I was kind of watching it the other night and one thing that really caught me and really just interested me watching it was they had some fourth or fifth string quarterback that was trying out for the team and of course he was going to get cut and they showed the Turk actually going to his room, getting him, telling him to bring his playbook and then they had Jerry Jones sitting there telling him, you know, why he's not going to make the team. And it just, it was captivating to sit there and think, you know, that actually happens and here's guys yeah. with their dreams are, you know, dying right before their eyes or whatever. And I was like, I, I don't know that I could actually do something like that. And if somebody has that job, that was one part that I think will be fascinating to watch with the Dolphins is to see, you know, who actually makes the team and mm-hmm. who gets that call to – you know, bringing a playbook, see the coach.
3: We have we have ninety players on the team that have to be at fifty three by the time training camp ends. So there's going to be lots wow. of opportunity for that, and it should be it should be interesting to see. Um, speaking of that, with the Ocho Cinco number two um, uh, signing this week, the Dolphins had to release somebody because they're already at the ninety man limit. They had to release somebody. Terrence Brown, the uh center, was released by the team. Now, granted, most of us went who? But uh it was interesting because I actually talked to him briefly on Twitter, just he sent out a tweet, I replied to it, he replied to me, I replied back, and then he actually
2: uh
3: um retweeted that. But uh he he just sent out that uh, he wanted to thank the Dolphins for the opportunity, and then he's going to keep on grind- grinding. So I wrote back to him and said, great attitude, good luck. He wrote back and said, thank you. Got to be positive and keep grinding. Or, uh, and grateful, that's what it was, and grateful. So then I wrote back to him just saying that um, with that attitude, some team is going to be lucky to end up with him, and that I keep an eye on see where he goes. And that that's the one he retweeted, but it's it's interesting because yeah you you always hear about the divas and the guys that think that they're they have a right to play, and then you have guys like him that he realizes he was number ninety on a ninety man roster, but his goal was just to keep trying and keep trying, and now he's cut, so he's gonna go somewhere else and keep trying and keep trying, so it will be a it, that that will be a great part of the hard knocks um, spectacle, I guess is the right word. But oh, look! I'm going to have something to drink while we're on the air, and I'm using a Miami Dolphins cup.
4: Yeah, speaking of uh, Terrence Brown, I'm I was probably one of the few uh, football nerds that I was actually when I saw that I kind of went ah oh, because I, I really kind of <laughs> wanted him to make the team. I was it, in the back of my mind, in my you know, in my little Madden GM phase, I was kind of hoping that he would uh, he would stand out and we could actually move Pouncey to the guard or something. And uh, if nothing else, just make the team as a as a backup center. And I was kind of I was kind of hoping he would make it. So I like I, I like what
3: I had seen of him. Obviously, just doing research since the Dolphins had him. But I I think that yeah he was. He was probably a guy that was number 89, 90 on a 90-man roster. But, yeah, he was a guy that you want to make see make the team because he's one of those guys that just he tries. Mm-hmm. He's out there trying. So uh, apparently uh, I don't have the game on and muted tonight, which I normally do. But um, apparently uh, Kevin Durant and LeBron James are guarding each other right now. In case anybody was wondering, all
2: right. Someone uh,
4: someone bought some Oklahoma City players, bought some Heat player, Pretty, pretty nice, nasty little block there.
2: Well, uh, we'll see how it how it goes. I'm,
3: uh, I'm, I'm I'm not against the Heat, but I kind of want to see the Thunder win it. But I'm not (coughs) for either team. So, I'm, I, I'm a Spurs fan, and I'm a uh,
1: Magic fan. So, Well, isn't OKC sorry, just the Spurs North?
3: That's kind of why I want to see him win it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you got yours with Dallas last year.
2: <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs>
3: I mean, yeah. Seattle, Seattle needs something to celebrate.
1: Seattle needs something. That they're, they're, everybody in that town is pissed off right now.
3: It, it's kind of interesting because people I know, like a guy I work with, is from Seattle, and he was like, "No, that's our team. That will forever be our team. I want to see him win it because I want to see the Sonics win." I'm like, "That's not the attitude at all. I would have expected." But apparently, that's a common attitude. They, they, they understand the team moved, but it's still their team. And well, the they city, still the city, gave,
1: the, the, the city, the city gave that team away. It's yes, it's, it's very much their so. fault. But
3: they, he said that it's kind of painful because now the city is looking to build a new arena, and they're like, you couldn't have done this when we had a team. You want well, to build a new arena yeah. now?
1: Yeah, after the fact. Yeah, it's pretty foolish.
3: Ooh, we have a guest in the chat room. They're not saying anything. They're just in there. <laughs> um I guess a two week uh, hiatus kind of hurts the interaction with the show.
1: Yeah, pro- possibly. Al- also that's the fact the that it's that it's also the fact that it's the middle of June the is probably of not the
3: game. helping. The middle of June, the middle of the game. Yeah. It's uh it's a rough time, but that's okay. We'll keep doing it and then when we get to Football season, and we have lots of listeners, which I'm assuming we'll have, will be refined, and we won't be making weird random
2: tight <laughs> <type laughs> mistakes sound refined <We're> <laughs> I don't even know what and
1: that we, means
3: we' will have more we'll have more sound effects
1: <laughs> oh, okay that that's what refined means.
3: We have people clapping because we have sound effects. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) The funny part is, I have uh, the one sound effect that I've had the whole time is the one that I can't get, I don't get to use very often. Nobody likes to tweet me, but that's okay. Oh, apparently SB Nation just tweeted out. That apparently the good version of Dwayne Wade is in OKC tonight. Huh. So, apparently Dwayne Wade woke up and decided that he does want to play in the NBA Finals this year.
1: They, and they know that what seven or eight minutes but, into the game. Yeah,
3: they're up I mean, thirteen would, to two right now. The Heat are up thirteen to two. But we'll see. Yeah, I like. See what, I really like Dwayne Wade. Um. I think I think a big part of his problem is he's tried to take the back seat to LeBron and he needs to just step out and say, Hey look, I was here first. This is my team and if LeBron, if you're struggling, I'm not gonna be passing the ball to you. I'm gonna play like the superstar I am.
1: I agree with that. He needs the he needs the yeah, he's the man there. Or he should be. And
3: that's what I've never understood about it is he everybody talks about how LeBron has to take the final shot for that team. But why? They have Dwayne Wade. Can't Dwayne Wade take the final shot? I mean, isn't yeah, I mean,
4: he a superstar too?
1: Yeah, that's that's not you know, that's that's foolish.
4: That dynamic never really works in basketball very well. No. I mean people want to use you know, well, they they always talk about, you know, when they make the Jordan comparisons and they say, Well Jordan had Tiffin but you know, on that team Tippen was always number two and he knew that. Exactly. You can't have two number ones. I mean it's like I mean, it would be like trying to play a football game with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady on the same team. You can't do be like that. playing, playing have a football a game hierarchy. With, it'd be like playing a football game with Mark Sanchez and Tim Tebow.
3: Oh wait, sorry.
4: Oh my
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: one of the uh, one of the uh
2: the other battalion
3: commanders. One of the other battalion commanders in my brigade, my army, talked to for you people that don't understand. Brigade is like five thousand odd people. Battalions make up brigades. Companies make up battalions, so on and so forth. But another battalion commander um, down the hall from us, he's a Jets fan, so he'll come over and he'll be talking to my battalion commander. He'll turn to make some comment about the Dolphins to me or anything, and I just look at him every time and go, sir, Tebow. So the conversation doesn't last very long after that.
1: <laughs> it's Tebow. But
3: um, I like Tebow. I mean, I'm a Gators fan. I like Tebow. But. Okay, so anyway, since we've had our – uh Wow.
1: What's going on? Chad, o- Chad Cinco is
3: tweeting to Ryan Tannehill uh, that they need to get together and start throwing tomorrow at Tannehill's earliest convenience. I like it.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a good idea.
3: But,
1: yeah. I mean,
3: everybody's that's worried that Chad's going to ruin Tannehill, maybe not. Maybe he actually isn't a cancer. It just has always appeared that way.
2: Because people I don't people think it's like a, really a cancer. Okay. So
3: I guess we're into Chad Ochocinco talk now. If you don't know, I don't know where you've been, but Chad Ochocinco signed with the Dolphins on Monday. It's a one year deal worth nine hundred and twenty five, I believe, thousand dollars. Um with uh incentives that can get up to two million. Um those incentives are things like he has to catch at least eighty balls next year. I don't know if he still has that in him, but if he's willing to come in there for $925,000 and work hard, he has something to prove. So why not? It's worth a shot. So um, I I really don't think he's a cancer. I think that the issue with Ocho Cinco is everybody saw him doing all his celebrations and having fun after every touchdown. Well, at the same time, you had guys like Terrell Owens doing the same type of things and then being a cancer to his locker room. So when Chad Ochocinco is doing these type of things, people just assume that he must also be a cancer to the locker room. And all I've ever heard is that he's actually a really good teammate. He's actually somebody that teams like to have in the locker room. He works hard. I mean, it. Didn't look like it last year with the Patriots because he couldn't w- learn the playbook for whatever reason. But he supposedly works hard. He is quiet in the locker room and he does what he needs to do. So, should be interesting this year to see how he comes along and how he and Tannehill get along. But. What do you guys think? Since yeah. I'm ranting again. I, I don't. I
1: don't think he's a. I don't think he's a cancer. I think To is the definition of a cancer, but he's a totally different yeah. animal altogether. He's just a little yeah.
4: flamboyant. Yeah, I was reading something today that, that uh, Omar Kelly has talked about him and said, "I just yeah. think has never been arrested, doesn't drink, is a family man who takes care of his kids." Yeah. And there isn't a single coach or fellow player who said bad things about him as a teammate. So, I mean, there's I mean, this perception about him because he's flashy and he's in the public eye that he's a diva and and he's yeah. a troublemaker, but, you know, it doesn't really add up to that. I think he's just a you know flamboyant personality. Exactly. I, I
3: mean, if you saw um, one of our members posted a video that they make following Ocho Cinco's tweets well uh, in there was one his daughter was showing off that she got an 85 on some test at school and she goes oh yeah 85 um, Chad immediately tweeted her back and goes girl you're grounded just because I wear 85 I mean you can get an 85 it's like Okay, so we have a problem with a guy who's trying to hold his daughter to that standard. Everything seems to say this guy actually is a good person. But because he does things like wear stupid jackets that say Hall of Fame 20s, question mark, question mark, we want to hate him. So it'll be interesting to see how this works. And like I said in that post, which it's rare that I do a 1,200-word post anymore – just because I'm always busy. But that post that I wrote earlier this week, if you guys didn't get a chance to see it, I actually really enjoyed writing it. Um, it was why it's not a risk to sign Ocho Cinco, And I think one of the biggest reasons is simply because it's a $925,000 salary. If the Dolphins can't eat a $925,000 salary, if, and none of it's guaranteed, but if week one happens, and the full thing becomes guaranteed, and he can't make it after week one. Cut him. It's not even a million. You're eating. So, I, I really think it's a low risk, high, possibly high reward, if he can find that Pro Bowl form again. That the Dolphins stumbled on, kind of like Chad Pennington in
2: 2008.
4: Yeah, and when it happened I wasn't necessarily a big fan of the signing. Uh I remember last year there was a lot of um a lot of talk about when the Patriots had had he and um Ainsworth to the team and I thought, you know, I didn't I didn't think that was gonna help them. he either player would help them. I, I said last year that I thought um thought that Chasinko was, you know, kinda washed up and he was pretty much done. So I'm hoping I'm wrong about that, but um you know, he wasn't the – I kinda think we Look at a free agent receiver, I just thought we'd wait until closer to training camp. Uh, and none of the other kind of big-name free agent receivers that are still available have been signed yet. And I and I kind of thought if we went with one, Braylon Edwards would be a, a better choice. He's a little bit younger, a little more athletic. I got a little more speed. But, you know, I, I started thinking about it. And, you know, looking at this, at this Joe Philbin offense, and, and I'm going to write a post on this hopefully next week uh, kind of about how how the ball is distributed a little bit. We're not looking for a, the Chacho Chisinko that has 90 some catches, you know, a thousand yards, number one receiver type material. We, we need a guy that gets about, you know, between 40 and 60 catches. And if he can produce that, you know, five or six touchdowns, then that, that'll be that'll be enough. I think everyone's worried about the production that we're going to lose with Brandon Marshall, but I think we're going to gain. I think we're going to gain some of that with our tight ends. Uh, I think Clay had like 26 targets last year. You can probably expect that to double, if not triple, this year, uh, from what I'm reading from OTA. So I think, you know, the receivers, you're not going to have a guy that's going to stand out and have 80, 90, 100-catch type season. You're going to have a bunch of 60-reception type guys, but it's going to be spread over, you know, hopefully over five or six different players that have that kind of range. And, and I think that's what we're kind of looking at. And I believe I just think right. can do that yeah i i think I think that's the big thing is that we don't need
3: a receiver who's out there getting a hundred passes. We need five receivers who are going out there and getting twenty passes to make up for that one guy we we're We're gonna end up spreading the ball around a lot more and okay let's uh well before before we go into my other topic that probably is going to be me ranting more than anything else. And I know James, you'll
1: probably enjoy that. But um, I'm going to cheer yeah. loudly.
3: <laughs> in the uh, in the thread, um, Jason Scott brought up a great point. He he heard Vontae Davis was interviewed recently, and I don't know where the interview was, but during the interview, Vontae said the team is looking to play a lot more man-to-man coverage versus zones that they sort of kind of morphed into last year. And that could be a great thing for Vontae Davis and Sean Smith. And I I kind of agree with that. I think Vontae could could still do well in a zone scheme, but I think Sean Smith in a man-to-man coverage scheme is great simply because he's got the size to just beat up on some receivers. I mean, and he's going to be put on the – he's not going to be put on the number one guy. Vontae is going to get him. He's going to be beaten up on some people that aren't even number one wide receivers.
4: Yeah, and that's one thing about Sean Smith that I think he would be a a phenomenal man-to-man corner. He would be like uh, Mambi Asamoah, I think I said that right. Yeah. He would be kind of like that if – if he was more physical, it just seems like that that's the one part of his game that just hasn't seemed to develop yet. And maybe it was because we were playing too much zone, but it always seemed like that. You know, I've I heard stuff that, you know, tweets from the beat writers saying he comes into camp looking like a linebacker. And I'm thinking, you know, if he's out there playing some little five eleven, hundred 195-pound receiver, he ought to be able to just crush him into the dirt. You know, why is he not playing more physical? And I think that would also come in – helpful, you know, if he has to play some tight ends at times, but but yeah, I think if he can become more physical, he would be a a very, very dangerous man-to-man corner. I think uh, I think
3: complete speculation here, not saying anything. I think the same thing that happened with Chad Henney, to some degree, happened with Sean Smith, that with Chad Henney, I mean, there's no doubt Tony Sperano beat into his head, do not get beat by turnovers. Do not get don't make the mistake. So it caused him to stiffen up and sit there and try to wait for somebody and either take a sack, have to break out, or try to force a ball to Brandon Marshall or Devon Best when they weren't really open, but they were the best option and it would lead to interceptions. He was forcing the ball in places he didn't need to force it. And I think that there's probably some of that mentality to Sean Smith is in the, look, you can hit him, but don't get beat by him, which meant that he pulled out of his strength and beat up on that receiver. And sure, slide some safety help over to him. Is that a bad thing? Let Vontae show that Vontae can cover somebody one-on-one, slide a safety over, let Sean Smith beat up on the receiver for five yards, and then if he goes for the hit and the receiver manages to dodge it and breaks out, you've got a safety back there to help pick up. Mm -hmm. But I I think you're right. I absolutely love the idea that if um, the Dolphins can find some way – to get a third cornerback that could be a starting cornerback or at least a – I don't want to say a nickelback because that's not what I'm looking for, but like a third cornerback being able to slide Sean Smith over onto tight ends at times. I mean, he's got the athleticism to cover a wide receiver, but he's got the size to be able to cover a tight end. How's that a bad thing? Um, and uh, and I
4: think the- – the new switch to a four-three is really going to help with that as well because yeah, the part of the part of the three-four is that your linemen take up blocks and your inside linebackers are your guys that clear out the run and they have to they have to drop in the coverage. You know, from from that standpoint, I think now that the linebackers are just going to be free to you know Dansby or yeah. Burnett or whoever is going to be able to step out there and say, listen, you know, you've got Gronkowski, you've got Hernandez or whoever. Just stay on them, and I think they're going to succeed with that. And I think if if Solia plays into the plays into his spot on the D line well enough, and Starks can hold up, then we're still going to be stout against the run, and 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 the linebackers will be free to kind of you know patrol the area. So I'm hoping yeah. this this wish is going to allow us to see better better defense against tight ends this year. I think I think I, it probably will,
3: and I think that the defensive line will have such flexibility because solely I can sit there and turn into a 3-4 uh, nose tackle at any point and just start eating up players. Starks has obviously the ability to play defensive end, has the body to play defensive tackle. You can pull one of them out and slide Odric um, into the middle Because he could play that tackle position, but he has the ability to get for the cornerback. Quarterback, I said corner. He can get after the quarterback. And then you have uh, Olivier Vernon and Cameron Wake still out there rushing. So there's enough pieces that we can play mix and match on the defensive line and add pressure. I think the guy I want to see, and I'm really hoping that he develops well, is Koamisi. I really want to see mm-hmm. him in tight end coverage and how he does that because we're so wrapped up in this he has to be a pass rusher mentality that if he's taken out of that role and just given time to develop as a coverage linebacker, he could actually excel at that. So I think he's a guy you have to watch this year. So um, I think, I'm excited I to see that. Gonna-
4: I think he's going to work out as a 4-3 linebacker. Uh, yeah. you know, and some on the side have mentioned that he can move to the, to the middle. I, I don't know about that. I'd have to see it. You know, I, I know I he think started out, out Utah Be- as a the middle linebacker. I think they're going to leave Carlos Dansby in there. Um, mm-hmm.
3: I know Dansby has – he he's played all three positions in a 4-3. He knows mm-hmm. all three, but I think – his role as a middle linebacker will be what is best for the Dolphins. So I think he mm-hmm. takes the middle, and then uh, Burnett and Meesey flip back and forth on the sides. Yeah, no.
4: and I think that uh, where Meesey will excel will be that, uh, you know, against I, he's been okay in coverage, but he's been his best as a, as a run stuffer. Yeah, so I'm saying you line him up on the strong side, and you know they run the ball. He's gonna he's gonna make a play against the run, and that's what you need from that guy.
1: And you know if
4: he gets you know fifty, sixty tackles there, that's you know and, and keeps our run defense in the top ten. That's that's great.
3: And talking about it right now, maybe Komiisi's destined to be Channing Crowder, mm-hmm. the guy that you're never looking at him going, oh my god, he just blew up the play. But when he's not in there, you notice. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's what Koamisi is going to be. I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to watch Koamisi this year. Um, Did you guys see, to shift away from uh, the Dolphins for a minute, at least we're staying in the AFC East this time, did you see the Patriots move this week?
4: I did see that.
3: Um, they uh, claimed um, – why am I blanking on his name? The New York Giants tight end. Jake Ballard. Jake Ballard, thank you. They claimed Jake Ballard off of waivers because the plan was he's hurt this year, so the Giants were going to release him, clear, get him through waivers. Once he was through waivers, they'd re-sign him for less and basically put him on IR right after that. Well, the Patriots went, no, he's a good player. We want him. They claimed him. So they said flat out, they'll eat his contract this year if he can't play, so that next year they have a better or they have an even bigger threat at tight end. Because Gronk and Hernandez aren't enough, apparently. So they – the Patriots now have five receiving tight ends on their roster. Wow. Um, yeah. Apparently, the the Patriots are just completely trying to redo how the NFL looks at slot receivers like Wes Welker and the tight end position.
2: So,
3: um, yeah, Colesi or Kevin Burnett or somebody needs to learn how to cover a tight end real quick.
1: In Miami.
2: but
3: the,
4: it, It's going to be interesting. with Five tight well, ends think, in that roster. I think that uh, there's kind of a shift going on in terms of, you know, used to when I grew up watching football, you know, you had the big linemen running back. <laughs> so that was your important position, you know. Now, I think, you know, tight ends were just guys that, you know, kind of like your Anthony Chisano. They were meant to block. They're not supposed to be these dominant receiving threats. And now you're getting guys that's putting up, you know, number one wide receiver numbers at at, at tight ends. So I think you're seeing a kind of a shift there. But now teams are just going to start looking at tight ends, you know, shifting away from that traditional extra tackle. And now they're looking at basically an extra wide receiver on the field. And the other shift that I kind of see along with that is I think now that you know used to left tackles were your those were your most important positions on the line those guys were your highest paid I think now with the with defenses becoming so you know with people becoming more pass oriented and defenses becoming more geared to rush the passer and stop the pass that right tackles are now becoming almost as important as left tackles.
3: Yep. Yep, I agree. Um, I'm reading at the same time. Uh, apparently, uh, uh, Tannehill has responded to Ocho Cinco. Um, they're going to be out working out at 6.30 tomorrow morning. So Ocho Cinco has uh, offered to use his gold Starbucks card to go get them some coffee. <laughs> Just to keep <laughs> up with what's going on. <laughs> but, his yeah, gold Starbucks
1: card.
2: His gold Starbucks card.
1: <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I just going <laughs> to say,
4: Alejandro, if you're listening, you need to find this and go report on it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but yeah, our, apparently... f- our field,
1: re- our field reporter, Alejandro. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I'll, I'll send him my uh, my little flip camera that the uh, s p Nation guys sent out last year to try to get us to go to training camp um and given that i wasn't actually the head of the blog at training camp time it was kind of odd but yeah so i'll send him that and he can go out there and uh go film this zero six thirty practice and find out more importantly what is the gold starbucks card (laughs) (laughs) but
2: um Jason
3: Scott saying that you start the uh, the game with Wake, Starks, Odrick, Vernon as the defensive line with Measby, Dansby, Burnett, all going left to right. Um, then you, when you switch to a 3-4, you bring Soli in, put Wake back at outside linebacker put Burnett to inside linebacker, use Audric and Starks as the DNs, and Vernon comes out of the game. If that makes sense to anybody,
1: what I just said. Yeah, <laughs> I'm
4: reading that. I think that I think they're going to line wake up on rushing down. He's going to be the right end. And they're going to put yeah. Podrick at the left end. And I think they said that and that's how they're going to kind of incorporate out into the four threes. He's going to be that He's going to be the run stopper in the middle of the 4-3. I think in passing down, you know, third and long, second long, when they know a team is going to have to pass, they're going to shift Audrick inside. They're going to move weight to the left end where he likes to pass rush from. And then they're going to bring Vernon in to play the right end. And that way, I don't think they want to start Vernon unless he just absolutely blows it up in camp. Uh, but I think that's how they're going to do it. And I believe you're probably going to get a better pass rush from the interior with Audric and Starks than you will from, than having Soleyai in there. So,
2: yeah,
4: uh, that's kind of how I envision this defense working this year, uh, just from what I've read and and hopefully Audric can can you know can create some pressure from the outside of the defensive end. But I think he's going to see I think he's going to see a lot more snaps this year because he's probably going to be one of the guys that doesn't leave the field very much. Whereas last year he was in a rotation, he was the rotational guy. This year he's gonna start at the end, move into tackle, and pass rushing down.
3: But yeah, I think I, I think that yeah, soliai is built to be the run stopper. And if we're trying to get pressure on quarterbacks, Starks and Aubric up the middle is not a bad way to go. I mean they're they're not quite defensive ends, but they're not pure defensive tackles either. Mm-hmm. So, getting through the gaps yeah, would you. not be too hard for them.
4: And I think you're seeing a little more of that now too. With you know, you watch what the what the Giants have done. Uh, you know, winning two Super Bowls, and they basically have four pass rushers on the field at the same time. They don't have your standard, you know, three hundred and fifty pound mammoth defensive tackle out there. They've got a bunch of you know, just bigger defensive ends that they're rushing from the interior. And I think more teams are starting to realize, like, hey, you know, who
1: they're winning with
4: this. Let's do the same thing. So I think you're going to, you know, except for these teams that just run two or three fours or they like their, they like their, the old school defensive tackles. More teams now are going to that, you know, the endowment can sue, type, you know, just about 300 pounds, you know, big, that kind of lineman that can, can hit the gap. And create pressure in the backfield More so than just the big space Space eater guys
3: Right Hey James, uh, refresh your system And apparently uh, um, Richie Incognito is in on the 6.30 practice Tomorrow now also Uh, Just want to let you know that Um, and apparently Matty I has tweeted out that um, Mark Sanchez completed less than 40% of his passes at this week's Jets minicamp. Yeah, under 40%. And they're worried about if Tim Tebow is going to be able to complete passes.
4: Well, the good news for the Jets is they're probably not going to throw the ball more than 20 times a game anyway. Um, well, you know they've got they've got Tony Sperano up there, and they wanted to run the ball before. They're definitely going to run the ball now. So this is going to be a Sanchez. You just managed the game. You know, you you maintain that little you know cute little six yard for a tenth average, and we're just going to pound the ball forty times a game. So oh, and just which to, for Stephen Hill is probably by. a good thing because he comes from that triple option offense.
3: Just to clarify what I said earlier,
4: apparently Lauren Tannehill
3: is back up on Twitter. So, she took like a week off, I guess, and then got her exact same login name back. But, yeah, for a while there, you could not get – her page disappeared. So, I don't know what happened, but, yes, she apparently is back. From 2 June until today, she was not.
1: Who's this? <laughs> Lauren?
3: Yeah, Lauren is back, and apparently yeah. one or her, her second tweet since she came back was at Ryan Tannehill. One, I'm back, boo. So oh. apparently, yes, she took a week or so off from Twitter, got rid of her account, and then came back.
1: I understand that. So. Yep.
2: Um, let's go ahead and uh,
3: bring. Uh, whoa, I got all kinds of things going on All at the same time What just happened? I don't know My computer just freaked out um, James, can you see Did I did I bring him in live?
1: Because I just yeah, lost my board Anish, Anish is on live with us Okay, okay.
3: Yeah. Anish, how are you? Hey, Good. sorry, my board Good. just freaked out And I can't see what just happened I'm trying to get back in but, Good to hear Lauren's back Said uh, you want to talk secondary?
2: Yeah. So who For do you guys think is going to start? Across from Rashad Jones at safety.
3: Um, I really would like to see it be Jimmy Wilson. Yeah. I'm not sure he's going to be ready to go as he transitions. Um. Probably, my thought would be Chris Clemens. Just because he has starting experience, and he sort of got pushed out by Jones last year. Yeah. But I would really like to see Jimmy Wilson back there.
1: Yeah, that would be good. If Jimmy Wilson
4: in man that spot, that would be good.
1: All right. Yeah. How about you, Chris?
4: I, I'm, I'm like you. I'd like to see Jimmy Wilson back there. Uh, I remember I read this this week. Um, from it was I think it was whoever the Sun Sentinel does that uh, they do like their Twitter updates to the OTAs and I think it was right. Omar said that uh, it said Jimmy Wilson moves different than all the other safeties. It's rare. And that was a couple yeah, of the, uh, uh, was, I thought to myself he you know I was hoping that was a good sign of like he just plays better than everybody else and hopefully he can win that starting job. Hmm? I,
3: I would not put it past him to claim it. Um, it may be a Chris Clemens or uh, Tyrone Culver or somebody starts the season there and then Wilson takes over during the season. I could see that happening. But yeah, I, I really like the idea of Jimmy Wilson back there.
4: And I, and I think people and forget, too, that he was a seventh-round pick, but if he hadn't had all that crazy legal troubles, he was a second- to, to third-round prospect, so he wasn't exactly, you know, a,
2: yeah. an untalented
4: guy that failed. It was just those off-the-field off the, off the field issues that kind of caused him to fall a little bit, but I think he showed some of that talent last year in camp and earned a spot on the team. Uh, I think he earned a start against the Giants, I believe it was,
3: yep. or the Browns,
4: I can't remember, and... Um, and so, you know, I think he got the talent that he can could, he could beat out either one of those guys in, in terms of, you know, pure talent. Yeah,
3: I think uh, – I think I, – I, I'm not really sure why Jones is locked in as a starter. Um, he has a lot of talent and he can make plays on the ball, but he does get beat a lot because he is that guy that he's going to take the risk and try to go get the ball and if he misses, he's going to give up the big play. And I'm Mm -hmm. not against that. I just don't know why he's the guy that got locked in as the starter. So it seems like he's the one sure thing back there, but I wouldn't be surprised if it became uh, Wilson and somebody else back there either.
4: Yeah, yeah. and I think a lot of that comes from Comes from what we've seen at OTAs, you know that he's yeah. he's made the interceptions. He stood out and in in, in in so far, so it's kind of like, well, he's the guy that's playing the best. He's going to get the starting job. But you know, when the pads are on and you know, they're running this, and and he's getting ready to roll, or we're playing preseason, he gives up some some big plays. And, 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 and,
3: and I think the thing to remember is the fact that we're all reacting to first off OTAs and secondly the, what, three practices from OTAs that media was allowed to. So we didn't see what they actually did once the media left. So, I guess we're all saying, or I'm saying that, yes, we're all assuming Rashad is a starter, but it could very easily be the second day of practice Jones never even made the field. So, we got some time to wait and see, I guess. But... uh, that answer your questions, Anish? Yes,
2: yeah, yeah. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up now. I gotta go. Okay. All right. See you guys. For calling Take care, Anish. You have a good night. All right.
3: A Little applause. We got a we got a caller in tonight, so we'll go ahead and uh, give him some
2: applause. And
4: as you can tell, my board is back up and running. <laughs> and uh, one other thing about the, the secondary is, it wouldn't be surprising if, let's say, somebody like um, somebody like Nolan Carroll steps up and play that third slash nickel cornerback role. They don't move Richard Marshall back to play some free safety.
3: Yeah, that's true. Um, I think I think you're, we're going to be surprised by Carroll this year. I think there is. I think there is a good chance he's going to step up and take that next step. Um, I'm hoping so, at least. <laughs> we'll see. But I, th- I think that there's enough there that he could uh, he could make the step up. Hey, I just found out that Chad Ochoacinco's birthday is three days before mine.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> random random comment from me. Oh, and uh, Les Frown is a New Year's baby. He was born on the first of January. <laughs> what I do during a podcast show? I look up birthdays of dolphins players
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Gary guyton has a, a, a uh is a uh um has the same birthday as a friend of mine. just thought I'd share that with you. Not that any of you care about that but Can I can I do the applause for that?
2: Go for it. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> um okay, so since
3: we're we're kind of wrapping down we're almost at the hour long show. Um, discussion going on on the site a little while ago, and this is where my rant may come in, and I'm going to try not to rant, but we'll see. Um, Discussion on Jeff Ireland, and whether or not his job is still in jeopardy this year, based on how one, Ryan Tannehill plays, and two, whether or not the Dolphins have a losing record. I find that absolutely ludicrous. I just... Absolutely makes no sense to me whatsoever that we could honestly be in June talking about the fact that Ireland's job may still be on the line after drafting the quote-unquote franchise quarterback, because whether or not he turns into that, that's what Ryan Tannehill is. Um, and after completely changing out the entire – coaching staff. If if we were going from a Bill Parcell's coach team to a Tony Sperano coach team, maybe I could see some of the well Jeff Ireland has put the players in place so if the players don't play right, he's he's the problem. Because that's two similar systems back to back. But when you go from Tony Sperano's ground and pound get it down to the 20-yard line and kick a field goal because we're allergic to the end zone. When you go from that scheme to what's being reported as a jailbreak, snap the ball with 30 seconds on the play clock every single time, run 90 plays, go completely no huddle the entire game, when you're switching to that scheme, you don't make that dramatic change in one year. So, the team is going to have struggles. We have players on our team that are built perfectly for Tony Sperano's system. They don't get changed out after one year. It takes a couple years to completely turn over the roster and get the guys that Joe Philbin wants for his system. You cannot possibly go, if the team struggles in year one, because you have the brand-new head coach, you fire the GM. Because all you've just done is taken any chemistry that that GM has started to build with the head coach and started to work out exactly what type of players they want, and you got rid of it. And now you have to bring in a new GM, and they have to start all over building up that relationship again. And hopefully Philbin can develop very quickly what he wants with a brand new GM and get ready for the next draft. Because next year's the draft that's going to solidify the players that Philbin wants. I mean, how many posts and comments have we had on the site or posts on other sites that Jake Long doesn't fit Joe Philbin's uh, scheme and that he's not going to be in Miami very much longer? The team's either going to not re-sign him or they're going to trade him. I mean, we see that all the time because Jake Long is a mauler, While Joe Philbin is looking for the speedy zone blocking pulling type guy. And now we're going to say that because Tannehill who might not even be starting at all this year, if he struggles, we're going to fire the guy that just drafted him. I don't understand that logic at all. So there was my rant and it did become a rant, but you guys, Feel free to disagree with me if you think I'm way off base on this, but that's the way I see it. I don't see how Ireland's job is at risk over whether or not Tannehill plays well and whether or not the Dolphins have a winning record.
4: I don't think he's in trouble this year at all. Um, if he was going to be in trouble any time, it would have been last year um, because you had a, what was a lame-deck coach in a season where you know you had – started this building process from 2008, and now you're like, all right, this is a year that this stuff's got to get done. We're going to give Chad Henney his last shot. We've got Marshall. We picked up some extra pieces on defense. You win this year or you're out. If he's not out after that, after last year started 0-7 and and, and, and all of that stuff, he's not going to be out from basically the beginning of the new era. He's got, I mean, I think he's going to be tied with Tannehill as his fielding and I think those guys at least get four years. Uh I mean we gave Chadheny four years and Sperano, uh, that amount of time. And I think I think that's what you've got here because it's gonna take some time, especially if Tannehill sits for you a year, because if he sits all year. He's not gonna be he's gonna be a better player next year, but he's still not gonna be
2: where you want him to
4: be starting wise. So you gotta give him at least a couple years for that. You know, if we're still seven and nine Four years from now, then yeah, he's gone. But I don't, I don't think he's in any trouble right now. I, and I don't okay. think fans really. I mean, I think we've got enough talent and players on the team that we can win this year. We've got a favorable schedule for that. We do have, we do have. Other than you know, there's some questions at wide receiver and things like that. But we do have, we do have the talent on offense, uh, at least in the running game and stuff that, that we can, we can compete this year. And so, I don't think we're just gonna be some you know one in fifteen kind of team again, but yeah you know I, I think people should just should temper their expectations of you know, yeah, we're going twelve and four this year, it could happen, but if it doesn't, you know if we're if we're you know seven and nine eight and eight, that's okay for this year. We can handle it now as long as we don't stay there, and I think that was yep. one of the big issues with the past few years was that you know we have the eleven and five season straight. And he came and started the next year, went 7-9. I thought, oh, you know, let's grow in pain. The next year was 7-9. and nine. And it was kind of like we just kind of – it was stagnant. So as long as – if if Tannehill grows in that time period and we we start showing signs that we're winning and, and building, then he's safe. And I think
3: what may be the biggest frustration from the Sperano years was not so much that the team – Stayed consistently at seven and nine, or just below five hundred. But was the fact that every time one part of the team took a step forward, it seemed like something mm-hmm. else took step backwards. It was like we couldn't put two good things together at the same time. But um, and Jason Scott just wrote this in the uh, in the uh, thread. And, James, this is what we were talking about earlier today, was Jeff Ireland has separated himself from the former regime. And right. given the fact that he was part of the former regime, that's a pretty talented thing to be able to do. Um, Stephen Ross has come out and said it. You you were telling me that, James. I missed that one. But that the, the, we are separated from the old Bill Parcells regime even though you have Jeff Ireland sitting there. And I think, and James weigh into, um I think that's a huge statement because I think that statement right there goes back to the who was calling the shots, Bill Parcells or the general manager. And I think it screams that Ireland's hands were tied. He had input, I have no doubt. But Parcells said, this is the way we're going. He got the coach that coached in his style, and the GM just had to go with, okay, the coach wants big, bruising players. Parcells wants big, bruising players. I'm going to try to find you big, bruising players. Now that Parcells is gone and Ireland is free to operate without that influence, We're starting to see what he would do. We're starting to see that he can take Joe Philbin's idea and go, okay, this is what I can get you. I can get you Ryan Tannehill because you have an offensive coordinator that knows him. I can get you Jonathan Martin who can help solidify the Mark Colombo mistake from the year before. Um, I can get you Lamar Miller in the fourth round that could possibly have first round talent and can go out there and, have blazing speed. I can do these things for you, but everybody just looks at the 2008 to 2011 seasons and blames everything on Ireland because he's the member of the regime that is still here. And I think that that statement that he has separated himself from that regime is everybody trying to point out, look, he was not a part of that, or he was not founding member of that regime he was just stuck in it and having to do what they needed he was trying to get the parts that would be successful in that type of
1: he had to do under Parcells what he had to do to keep his job yes and now it's a different ball game
3: absolutely now he answers straight to Stephen Ross and he can do what he thinks is right he doesn't have anybody else Leaning over his shoulder, threatening him, or dangling the fact that, "Hey, your job is in my hands."
4: Yep, that's a great point. And you've got to you got to think about what he did. You know, you brought in you have you have Parcells and that model of building the team and the the, the high powered running game, and then you have Stephen Ross in the other ear. Count said kind of No, we need we need people to come to the games, we need to have an exciting offense, we want, you know, lots of passes, we want this high-paced offense. And so here you are, Jeff Ireland, and you are, you know, trying to be a GM, and on one side you've got a guy telling you this is the kind of players we want, and then the owner on the other side saying, no, this is the kind of players we want.
1: And uh, so now he
4: doesn't have to deal with that. Now, you know, he's going to be judged based on his Tannehill pick, and, and uh, I like – uh, some stuff I read is I like the the amount of conviction that he he made with this pick. He's you know basically like look, I've got this guy for two years that's who I like. I'm you know I think I've got a winner here. And but as far as you know he he's done a good job in terms of picking up talent for the team. It's just you know he he was building for one type of team before he was in on that, and now he's having to build something else. And he's really only had the two seasons to do it you know by himself, and and he's kind of you're kind of stuck in this position like, well, I put together this team for one coach and one one system, now I brought in this new coach, and how am I going to put this together? You're right, it can't be done in one season. Um,
3: Just so you know, uh, apparently Tannehill is not a coffee drinker. He turned down Ocho Cinco's Starbucks, said not a coffee guy. So Ocho Cinco wrote back and said, dude, it's 2012, everybody
1: drinks Starbucks. Um, not 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 me.
3: Well, that's because you live in Podunk, cow t- cow country.
1: Dude, dude, there's between dude. here and my work, there's I probably passed twenty Starbucks <laughs> every oh, Starbucks
3: have made it. Starbucks have made it to Dallas. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I
2: think,
1: sorry. I think the I think the I parking tied- lot that. The parking lot on my way to work has three between the Target, the uh, Albertsons, and the standalone, just the one parking lot. I tried lot. A,
3: a passion fruit and lemonade iced tea today from Starbucks. It was okay. Um, didn't quite not, have the I'm, pick I wanted, but it was um interesting.
1: I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs>
3: Starbucks, send me free stuff. I will promote you all day on the on, on this show
2: because
3: I probably need to buy stock in Starbucks even though it's going down because I personally could buy enough there to bring it up. But, and I want to know what a gold Starbucks card is.
1: Yeah, I don't Coming I don't
3: know what Starbucks, that means. I I sent a message or I sent a tweet to Ocho Cinco that he needs to post a picture of a gold Starbucks card. He hasn't written back.
1: But yeah, he isn't. It,
3: it makes me sad. But...
2: <laughs>
3: but... um, Jason Scott points out on the site, and it's an outstanding point, which is exactly what my comment is on the site. Ireland was in Dallas before Parcells. So when Parcells got there, he kept Ireland. Then when he left, he went and got Ireland. So obviously Parcells saw something in Ireland as talented and a good scout of talent to not only keep him, but then leave and go get him again. So, yeah, I I think, I think we are all, and I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I think, uh, I think we're all very—I um, can't think of the word I want right now. Stunted, maybe "stunted" is the right word. We're all—we're all very. ow, I just banged my head. Damn, that hurt. Um, <laughs> we're all very scared of what the Bill Parcells regime was and what it means for the future of Miami. And so we lash out at anything we see as part of that regime. And obviously Ireland was part of that regime. I mean, he was part of the trifecta. So when, when we all look at that, and I'm part of it, everybody on the site has at some point lashed out and just said, I hate this regime. They've completely screwed us. But at some point, we also have to step back and go, okay, that regime is gone. Let's see what Ireland does without it,
4: and that's where we are now. And I think that's part of the the issue is you know people are saying, well, he was a part of the other one, and because he was GM, he had more say than what others are saying that he had. Yeah. And so they're basically saying, well, he you know he wasn't involved with Marshall. That you know some people are saying, well. Ourselves did all this, and then, then others are "Well, no, Jeff Ireland was, you know, a bigger part of it." And so it's kind of hard to say, you know, th- there's there's a, a group that says, "Well, this is Jeff Ireland's second second chance," and there's others saying, "No, this is like his, you know, this is his fifth year." In it. So it's it's kind of hard, you know, to to see that dividing line sometimes.
1: It's such a tired argument. It is. It, it's time for us to. Move, move on, on to see
3: Parcells is gone. Sperano is gone. Ireland is here and he's working with a different coach now. So let's see what he does for that coach. But well on that note, since we are over our hour, I'll go ahead and say good night. We're uh ready to close the show. <laughs> Oh, my. I know. It makes you sad. (laughs) (laughs) Duke, thanks for coming in tonight. It was great having you. Thanks for having me. Something great to the show.
1: Yeah, thanks, Uh, Duke.
3: Look forward forward to having you on many, many, many more times.
1: Thanks for being
3: here. James, thanks for everything you do in the -the behind-the-scenes piece.
1: Well, I'd, I'd do more if some people call in. We need to get that going. That's true. That's true. 347-326-9461.
3: 3473269461. Put it in your phone. It's the same number every single week. You could speed dial us. It would work. But thanks guys for listening, taking part in the show, calling in or in the thread. Um I'm sad that my Twitter sound doesn't get used as much. So Nobody likes to tweet me, I guess, but that's okay. Um, But we'll be back next week. Um, Don't see anything between now and then that should cause us to miss another week, so we should be back up and running on schedule. Make sure you hang out with us next week. We'll talk more Dolphins football. And until then, you guys have a good night. Good
2: night. Good night. Night.
3: so you listen to the podcast, check it out.